Well, good morning, good afternoon, or good evening, whatever time of day it is when you may tune in. This is Minister Kay Mortimer with Covenant Truth Ministries. Welcome to you, and thank you so much for tuning in. Today, I'd like to speak for just a few moments on this topic, open door, open door. We're going to look at a few things from the scriptures, and we're going to read a few different scriptures today. But to begin, I'd like to read and start us off in Revelation chapter 3, verse 7 through 13. And to the angel of the church in Philadelphia write, These things says he who is holy, he who is true, he who has the key of David, he who opens and no one shuts, and shuts and no one opens. I know your works. See, I have set before you an open door, and no one can shut it. For you have a little strength, have kept my word, and have not denied my name. Indeed, I will make those of the synagogue of Satan, who say they are Jews and are not, but lie. Indeed, I will make them come and worship before your feet, and to know that I have loved you. Because you have kept my command to persevere, I also will keep you from the hour of trial which shall come upon the whole world to test those who dwell on the earth. Behold, I am coming quickly. Hold fast what you have, that no one may take your crown. He who overcomes, I will make him a pillar in the temple of my God, and he shall go out no more. I will write on him the name of my God and the name of the city of my God, the new Jerusalem, which comes down out of heaven from my God, and I will write on him my new name. He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. Here in the letter that Jesus dictates to John to write, to the church of Philadelphia, Jesus brings out this about an open door. He speaks of him having the key of David, where he can open and no one can shut what he opens. And he can shut and no one can open what he has shut. But in this church, we find in this letter, Jesus commends them. He has zero bad to say about them. They have no trouble. They have no problem. This church is living right. This church is faithful to God in every way. This church is pleasing to the Lord in every way. This church has proven itself trustworthy. So God gives to them an open door. Now that's talking about an open occasion or an open opportunity or an open entrance. It's not speaking of a physical door but it is speaking of an open door, an open opportunity for the work God has called them to do. And I want us to focus on what that is. Notice how he commends them. He says that you have little strength, have kept my word and not denied my name. So what is the open door that this scripture is speaking of? What is God giving them open access to, an open entrance freely for them? What is the scripture speaking of there? Does it mean that they've now earned some kind of open door? They can have whatever they want. 
Does it mean for pleasure or fleshly or carnal desires? Does it mean that they get to, to pad their pockets and get all full of whatever their heart's desires? No, no, not at all. Context is always key when you want to look at anything in the scripture. If you do not take it in its context, you will get all mis mixed up, messed up, and get all off on tangents that have nothing to do with what God is saying. You cannot just pull a scripture here and there. You must understand it in its context. So what is the context? Well, we just read it. The context of this is the faithful church. Now, I just recently posted a message called A Tale of Two Churches, and I contrasted this church with one other church, which I believe both of these are true and alive today. And so I encourage you to perhaps listen to that message as well. But this was the faithful church. This church was trustworthy to Jesus. They had proven themselves. You see, Jesus is not just going to give an open door flippantly or casually. He's not just going to give the kind of door that no one can shut just to anybody. It's a special privilege reserved for those he trusts. And the reason he can trust them is because they've been proven and are worthy of trust. This church had been through the fire and proven that they were to be gold. They were proven as gold. James talks about that, about going through the fire of trials and testing and that our faith be proven as gold. This church had little strength, but they had endured. They had persevered. They were making it. They had kept his word and not denied his name. They had stayed faithful to Jesus in spite of trials and afflictions, in spite of weariness and exhaustion. This church was all about Jesus. They were sold out to him. In the face of discouragement, trials, etc., they were proven to be true and genuine. What we might call true blue. They were all about Jesus and proven to be so. Therefore, Jesus grants to them an open door because he knew he could trust them with it. Not for selfish reasons. They had proven they were not about their own desires. They were enduring and serious about Jesus, about the gospel, about being faithful to him about being pleasing to him. So what is this open door? It's the open door for the gospel. It's the open door for the word of the living God to go forth. It's the open door for eternal fruit that the Lord then would grant to their credit later on. It's an open door for the word of the living God to be proclaimed to others for eternal purposes and eternal value. And it would bring them fruit from their labors and a harvest of souls. It's the exact same as what it's used in other places in the New Testament. The first place I want us to look is in 1 Corinthians chapter 16, verse 9. 
In 1 Corinthians chapter 16, Paul is writing here, and he says this, For a great and effective door has opened to me, and there are many adversaries. In here, he's talking about the work that he's been doing among the churches, among the Gentiles. It was a great and effective door that had been opened to him for the gospel. Paul was all about his ministry work. Paul was all about working for Jesus. Paul was all about telling people about Jesus. And so he says that God granted him a great and effective door for the gospel's sake. I want to next look at Acts chapter 14. And I want to read verse 27 and 28. And it says this, Now when they had come and gathered the church together, they reported all that God had done with them and that he had opened the door of faith to the Gentiles. So they stayed there a long time with the disciples. So here again, they're reporting on their missionary work that had been done for the gospel. They're reporting about the open door that was granted to them for the gospel's sake. The open door of faith that then was granted to the Gentiles who believed in Jesus and received the word of the living God that they preached to them, that they brought to them. The open door of faith was for salvation and the growth of Christians who had given their lives to Jesus Christ. In 2 Corinthians, in 2 Corinthians, Paul writes further, and this is in 2 Corinthians chapter 2, I want to read verses 12 through 17. Furthermore, when I came to Troas to preach Christ's gospel, and a door was opened to me by the Lord. I had no rest in my spirit because I did not find Titus, my brother. But taking my leave of them, I departed for Macedonia. Now thanks be to God who always leads us in triumph and through us diffuses the fragrance of his knowledge in every place. For we are to God the fragrance of Christ among those who are being saved and among those who are perishing. To the one, we are the aroma of death leading to death. To the other, the aroma of life leading to life. And who is sufficient for these things? For we are not, as so many, peddling the word of God, but as of sincerity, but as from God, we speak in the sight of God in Christ. So in this section, Paul is speaking further about the open door and its context is to preach Christ's gospel, not for greedy gain. He didn't sell it. He didn't peddle it, but from sincerity. And God knew that, and God granted Paul open doors for the gospel's sake, because God is the one who always knows the heart. In 1 Samuel chapter 16, we find out about how Samuel has been told by God, get down to Jesse's house, take the flask of oil, etc., because you're fixing to anoint the next king of Israel, and he's one of the sons of Jesse. So Samuel goes down there, and Jesse brings out his sons, all except the little runt, 
that was keeping the sheep in the field. And so they begin to come forth and Samuel looks at them and he begins to think, man, this one's good looking. He's got to be the one because he's going to win the hearts of the people. Oh, but God said, nope. And he, he looks at one and he says, oh, this one's strong and husky and mighty. He, he can win the battles. This has got to be him. And God says, nope. And he goes through all of them that are there. And God rejects every single one of them. And so he finally comes down and he said, he asked Jesse, he said, you got to have one more because God told me it's one of your sons. Is there anybody else? And Jesse finally says, there's the runt. He's out in the field keeping the sheep. And Samuel says, go get him because we're not even going to sit down. I'm not going anywhere until you bring him here. But God tells Samuel in here in verse 7, he says this, but the Lord said to Samuel, do not look at his appearance or at his physical stature because I have refused him. For the Lord does not see as man sees. For man looks at the outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. Jesse had to send for the little David who was out watching the flock because God saw David's heart. And God spoke of David in another place and defined him as one who was after God's own heart. David had a sincere heart and God knew it because God knows the heart. Paul had a sincere heart to preach the gospel and God knew it because he knows the heart. He knows who is true and sincere and he will open doors for those people who will preach the gospel, who will speak his message, who will proclaim his word from sincerity and speak his truth. God knows that. Praise be to God. And so we see Paul again in Colossians chapter 4 asking for prayer. As a matter of fact, let's read beginning in verse 2. Continue earnestly in prayer, being vigilant in it with thanksgiving. Meanwhile, praying also for us that God would open to us a door for the word to speak the mystery of Christ for which I am also in chains, that I may make it manifest as I ought to speak. So even here, he writes to the Colossians and he says, pray for me that God will open a door for the logos, for the word of God to be spoken and broadcast for me to be able to speak this mystery, this understanding and secret that would remain a secret except for divine revelation. Pray that God would give me the revelation and that as I speak it, I can speak it and expound on it, explaining the scriptures, the word of God, and tell people the truth of the good news that's found there. Paul wanted the open door for him to speak the scriptures. He wanted to speak the scriptures in plain sense and understanding so that people could understand what he was saying, be saved, and grow as Christians. Paul wanted to make it plain to people 
and explain it well. So he asks for a prayer for this open door that God would grant that. Beloved friend, we need to take Paul's example and let this be our prayer too. May God grant to his people an open door for the gospel. May we be found trustworthy. Those who are genuine and sincere, who are not out there to peddle the word. We're not out there to peddle some message. We're genuine and we're sincere so that we can bring eternal fruit from it so that God will grant us eternal fruit, so that God will save people who don't know him. Beloved friend, that's why we do what we do. We do it to proclaim his message. We do it to give our all to him. We do it because we want you to know Jesus as your own personal Lord and Savior. Call upon him and be saved. Oh, hallelujah. He's a good God. We want you to taste and see that the Lord is good, and we want you to grow into maturity in him. And so it's our desire that we would be found genuine and sincere, explaining the word of God clearly, sharing it for eternal value and eternal purposes. And may God grant to each one that is sincere and trustworthy an open door for the gospel, for the word of the Lord, to be proclaimed, and may we then proclaim it in glory and honor to God, and may he receive all of the glory from the fruit that comes forth. To God be the glory. I pray that this has been a blessing to you, and Lord willing, you can join us again for future messages as God provides them through Covenant Truth Ministries. God bless you today. In Jesus' name, amen.